0: It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is The Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Welcome to The Daily Score. I am Chris Elma, in for my buddy Mark Grody. It is Friday, September 15th, and we got a lot to cover today. The Cubs are on the West Coast still, in a key stretch as they look toward the rest of the season. 15 games are remaining. The Cubs are are in the heat of the wild card battle, and they are still trying to chase down the Brewers now four and a half games back. Let's focus on the game tonight. The Cubs open up a three-game series with the Diamondbacks in the desert. Cubs got their ace going. That is Justin Steele. He's a 16-game winner. He's a true Cy Young candidate, and he represents the next eight for this team after a couple rough outings in Colorado. The Cubs won that first game at Coors Field. Dropped the next two in a really disappointing fashion. You can't lose to a team like the Rockies in this kind of spot. I know it's baseball. I know you're facing major league teams, but they just did not play well. It was just disappointing to see the way that defensively they were sloppy, the base running, you're giving up outs at Coors Field, you're walking guys to, frankly, a a 4A-type lineup in Colorado. It was a disappointing ending for that series. Uh, And it leaves a different note on this road trip now as you go to the Diamondbacks, a team against whom you're really competing. Diamondbacks are hot on the Cubs' heels, although they've lost three in a row at this point. Uh, They're heading to a key matchup now uh, in the desert, and the Cubs got an opportunity to get back on track. Let's look ahead to these final 15 games as a whole, more than these three games in Arizona. The Cubs, after that series, Head back home to Wrigley Field. They take on the Pirates for a three-game series. Then the Rockies come to Wrigley Field for a three-game series. You close out after that with three games in Atlanta against the best team in baseball right now, the Braves. And then you finish out with three games in Milwaukee against the Brewers. We'll see what the NL Central implications are. As for that series against the Braves, they may well be at a point where they've clinched the number one seed in the National League and they got everything locked up that they want. You might get some D-list lineups from the Braves, and you might get some of their top pitchers resting up. That'd be a big break for the Cubs. The Brewers, who knows if you're still fighting for the Central, what's uh, at stake at that point. That's for the last week. As for now, steve has got to get back on track. Uh, and it starts, in my mind, with the lineup. I want to see this lineup constructed in a different way. David Ross, I think, has done an excellent job with this team in terms of maximizing what they have with this roster, uh, understanding what clicks with different players and how to get the best of everybody, but I want to see some different lineups here. I want to see it constructed a different way. Cody Bellinger, I feel like I've been hy- harping on this for really the entire season. I want this guy hitting in a prime spot, in the second spot of the order or the third spot of the order. We saw David Ross finally move e in half from the number three spot down the order to six. He's been struggling as of late. I give... Ross a lot of credit at the end of July when he sat Seiya Suzuki, let him regroup. This guy's been one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball since that point, moved him up in the order. I like that. Uh, Ross, uh, you've seen him slightly adjust his lineup to who deserves that key spot, who's been the hot guy and who needs to be dropped down the order. I want to see more of that. I want to see continuing to play to the strengths of your team and managing this like this is the playoffs Uh, because it is the playoffs at this point. You're still working on that wild card spot. You get a chance to take down the Phillies for that number one mile-card spot. And you still have a chance to take down the Brewers for the NL Central crown. That's the goal right now. So that's what this team is fighting for. So there's that aspect of it. Uh, in terms of managing the bullpen, I give Ross a lot of credit for the way that he's been able to evolve some of these roles with different guys. You know, a, a player like a Michael Fulmer who struggled out of the gates or Julian Merriweather, I, I thought maybe DFA'd in April. And here we are in September. He's been one of their best bullpen arms. Albert Alzai was not a closer to start the season. He became an indispensable piece as this team got hot through the month of August into September. Um, I give Ross a lot of credit for working w- with the pitching infrastructure to find different roles for these guys. But they saw that the Daniel Palencia moment on Tuesday night in Coors Field where he was sloppy. This is a guy who's walking players way too often. You can't be walking guys at Coors Field. Then he ran it back out there for the second inning, gave up another run. The game suddenly getting out of reach for the Cubs it's time to manage this team and this bullpen in particular like it's game seven every time. Uh, You can't be worried about as much as he is about the next day, about keeping guys fresh in certain spots. Like you got to be as aggressive as can be because this team needs it right now. 78 and 69 to this point. uh, They are two and a half games back of the Phillies for that top wild card spot. As we mentioned, they are four and a half back of the Brewers for the NL Central crown at this point. It's going to be a tough battle to take down Milwaukee, but, you keep fighting. You never know what the, the next couple weeks will hold for the Cubs, and you got to put your best foot forward in these 15 games. Uh, this week we got the exciting debut of Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs' number one overall prospect, the guy, the, the, really the blue chip prospect they acquired for the Mets in that trade for Javi Baez two years ago. Uh, you saw him get his opportunities in the outfield, make some spectacular plays in those power rallies of Coors Field. But then there he is in his first major league at bat, and he's laying down in a in a key spot that did not help the Cubs uh, come through in that game. It's I want to see you unleash this guy a little bit. Like, and he's a weapon for you. He's somebody I think that could give this team a boost, just as Jordan Wicks has given this squad a boost uh, in the starting rotation. Uh, on Bernstein and Holmes on Thursday, we had Carter Hawkins joining the general manager of the Cubs, talking about the mix of uh, what we've seen with this team now, a veteran group with some young players trying to bolster what they have, I thought it was really interesting what Carter Hawkins said had to say in terms of getting guys like Pietro Armstrong and Alexander Canario uh, kind of integrated with roles in this team. Here's what Carter Hawkins had said to say to the guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you talk to to any player when they come up about what their role is going to be, whether that's Miles Masterbony, whether that's Pete, whether that's Canario. Those things change, you know, on a dime with injuries or, or other moves that happen. But we certainly have those conversations constantly, so guys have an understanding of of what they're going to be doing. So. You know, for Canario, for instance, it's hey, you're gonna be a bat off the bench, but you know, we have a lot of guys in a pretty a pretty set order at this point. And so, hey, look, there might be some pinch hit opportunities for you, potentially a start, but you also might be sitting for a long time. And you might need to to make sure you're getting your timing off of you know, our machines and in and other ways and, and just try to soak in as much as you can. With Pete, it was hey, like you're gonna come in late for defense, you might get some start against some right handers, maybe a start against some lefties. The fact that, you know, Candy ended up going down made it a little bit easier for him to play this weekend and, you know, but hey, like your focus here is to to make sure you're locked in with Willie Harris and Nanny Green and help us win any baseball game we can. That's our focus here for the next two and a half weeks. So I, I guess the short story is, is you know, we talk about that well before we bring the players up and then we connect with the player when he comes up and, and Rossi and the staff talk to the player about that role and. We go out and try to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish, and, uh, yeah, it's been uh, been fun with these young guys, but certainly the focus right now is just winning every day.
0: Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, this is where this Cubs team stands right now. I like that they're calling upon some of their top prospects, that they're prioritizing win now more than anything else. I was encouraged Jordan Woods is going to be on this team for the stretch run. He's been a major asset. He's been one of their best starters since he's come up at this point. Everything looks locked in from this guy. He looks so comfortable out there gets Major League Hitting. I mean, that first outing that he had in Pittsburgh where he gives up the home run right out of the gates, and he just settles in and strikes out everybody. Uh, His changeup is really something else. You get Pete Crow Armstrong's exciting debut. I love what he brought to the outfield. What I really appreciate, though, is the fact that they said, and David Ross also said this on the Bernstein and Holmes show this week, this isn't about player development. This is about winning. This is about a push for the playoffs and getting to that point because the Cubs are good enough to make this run. Every veteran on this team, guys like Dansby Swanson, Jan Gomes, who have been through this before, won a World Series in the different places, in Atlanta and Washington in their cases, they understand this is a team that's got a lot of talent. They need everybody they can get because it still is not the best roster there is in the National League. That's down in Atlanta. That's out in L.A. Like Those are complete teams. The Cubs are still an incomplete team that's kind of overachieved in a lot of ways this year. And it's been a blast to watch. They have absolutely earned their way to the postseason push. They put themselves in position right now to make the playoffs, and ideally you got a chance to make a run with this team. I want it to be all hands on deck the rest of the way. Uh, it's exciting to see young guys contributing to that, and I, I'm I'm really happy that the Cubs have prioritized the fact that these young guys, it's not let's get this guy in that bat. He's the top prospect. He deserves opportunity to get, get his feet wet. The idea is let's have him out there because he's got a chance to help us win. That has to be the priority right now. This is going to be a much more complete and well-rounded team in 2024 and beyond. I really love the direction of the Cubs for the long term, and this seems to be the foundation on which they build and they continue to develop. You add more talent this offseason. You continue to get a guy like Pete Crow Armstrong, acclimated at the Major League level, Alexander Canario, Jordan Wicks. Next year is going to be huge for them in their development. Right now it's about helping this team win. And the Cubs have potentially another big big boost coming as they look toward these final 15 games. That would be Marcus Stroman, the guy who's been the heart and soul of this team for so many starts. Every fifth time he gets out there, he's been dealing with an injury, that kind of fluke uh, ribs issue that he's had that popped up. And he's frustrated by it because he wanted to be a part of this stretch run going forward been pushing it down in Arizona where coincidentally the Cubs are this weekend he'll be there present with the team as you'll hear Carter Hawkins tell Bernstein and Holmes this is a guy who could play a key role now down the stretch and it's not clear whether that's going to be in the rotation or he might move to the bullpen here's what Carter Hawkins had to say to the guys
1: so straight out in Arizona um so coincidentally obviously we're going out to Arizona as a team so he'll be with the team this weekend uh he's thrown several bullpens several live BPs and we need to make a decision on the, the best time to, to get him active for us. But he's definitely champing at the bit to, to get there. And um, that's a good thing. You know, when, when a player is starting to say, hey, I'm ready, I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, that usually means that they're ready to compete. And um, that'll be the decision we'll have to make there over the next day. So, Carter, how many starts would it take? Because, I mean, you're running out of time for starts. Would it take for you to feel
0: confident to send Marcus out there in a playoff situation?
1: Uh, not many, you know, I mean, he's got a, a pretty strong track record. It's really about it. He's physically in the place to, to be able to do, to have the delivery and the stuff profile and the command profile that, that we're accustomed to, but you know, his, his foundation is pretty set if he's healthy and he's able to, to repeat the way that he's been able to repeat in the past. Yeah. I think your, your confidence on that goes up pretty quickly. So, um, you know, our best team is, is one with Marcus Stroman on it for for sure. And, you know, I think that there's a great shot that he can help us here in the next couple of weeks and, and into October, hopefully.
0: So there you go. There's Carter Hawkins talking about how the Cubs will get Marcus Strowman back out there ideally. If he checks all the boxes health wise, I like what I'm hearing though. They they don't know Marcus Strowman jumping back into the rotation. They don't have to bump somebody out in this spot you got a decision to make now. He can be an asset out of a bullpen that needs more assets. Like we've seen that all along with this bullpen. Dave Ross has been kind of working with these guys, trying to see what he has in this group. Marcus Stroman can be a key contributor out of that bullpen. He can get back to that rotation if he's part of this team next year. But right now the focus is on winning. It's about getting the most out of what they have with this team. Whatever it takes. If Marcus Stroman's pitching onto the bullpen, that's great for this team. When you look toward the playoffs, though, and you start to project out what that rotation can be, you kind of look at it as three to four guys. And Justin Steele's your ace right now. He's earned that. He's been fantastic all season. Uh, Kyle Hendricks has pitched very well as of late. Coming off that injury, returning to this team in May, he's been excellent uh, in many of these starts. He's had a couple little blips on the radar, but he's somebody you want to turn to in these final 15 games. And certainly if you're fortunate enough to be there in the playoff picture, he's going to be starting for you. And I think Jordan Wicks is somebody who's absolutely made like that game three type starter for the Cubs in a series. Um, he's really looked strong. He showcased what the Cubs saw in making him a first round pick a couple years ago. This is a guy who's become a really important piece for this uh, rotation. Because the Cubs start projecting out where they stand here in the end of September and October, you look to Jordan Wicks quite a bit. And then Jamison Tyone, he's had some good moments, but he's also had so many where you just can't rely on him. I don't know if he's part of my playoff rotation or even on this playoff roster as you start looking ahead. But you got to get there first. He's part of this rotation right now. He's got a few more starts left to try to get this season right. And it's been really tough for Jamison Uh I think he needs that one of those off seasons where you kind of hit the reset button, you work on your mechanics, you kind of get things completely overhauled and you try to come back and bounce back in 2024. But as for Strowman, if he can't get himself to the point where that get their arm built up to be a key asset out of the rotation. I love the idea of him in the bullpen. You got to make key, key decisions here as you look forward to these final couple weeks and in towards October with everything in mind of what you can do to win. The Cubs have a chance to have a really special October. If everything goes right, you start forming those decisions now. And of course, you got to get there. You got to play some really good ball down the stretch. The kind of stuff we saw in Cooper's field can't be happening. You can't be dropping balls in the outfield. You can't be giving up uh, base runners to a team like the Rockies. You can't be making those kind of mistakes. Uh, you can't be walking Rockies. You can't be putting yourself behind the eight ball. This is a team that's had a lot of success and been a lot of fun to watch, especially from the end of July to now. you got to clean cleaning up a little bit for these final couple weeks. The Cubs have a chance to do something really exciting here as we look ahead to the final couple weeks and into October Let's see where it goes. I'm thrilled to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shifting gears as we close out here, the Bears with their second game of the season on Sunday in Tampa, taking on the Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium, trying to put behind them that ugly 38-20 loss of the opener to the Packers. There's a lot to clean up. There's a lot to dive into. Three phases that need to really be improved. As I look to the offense in particular, I like what Luke Getze said, kind of taking accountability for a lot of parts of it. Also kind of pointing to the players in a lot of ways, too, and saying, got to block better. We, we got to get the ball out quicker. We got to make different decisions on offense. Like He knows that they have a game plan in place that they put in a lot of work for it. The guys let him down in a lot of ways, just as I felt like he kind of let down the offense as a whole. Luke he has a belief that it's going to be better. I appreciated Justin Fields saying straight up he was too conservative. He's going to improve his aspect of the passing game, get guys like D.J. Moore and Chase Claypool more involved. Let's see if it pans out. Let's see if Justin Fields can have that kind of bounce back game and showcase the talent that we all know he has. This could be a really important stepping stone for Justin Fields in this pivotal year three with everything on the line, the opportunity to look to that lucrative long term contract extension after this year. You don't give up on a guy like that. He's 24 years old, he's still developing, he's still growing. But, man, I mean, that opening game was so disappointing on every level for the Bears and in particular for Justin Fields and Luke Getze. They both said the right things. I think they believe in each other and getting back on track on Sunday in Tampa. It's going to be really tough going up against Todd Bowles, that pressuring Buccaneers defense that's going to be coming after Justin Fields. I want to see him go through his reads quicker, and I want to see him just force the dang ball over and over again to his top guys. That's D.J. Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. I don't want to see 17 touchdowns again like I saw in that opener on Sunday. I want to see him get those guys involved. And by the way, Chase Claypool, before we wrap up here, man, is he at a week. He got called out by his head coach. Matt Eberfos did not commit to giving Chase Claypool a jersey for Sunday's game as an active player. Talked to wide receivers coach Ty Tolbert who kind of indicated Claypool's going to be active, he's going to be playing. But Claypool got called out by his head coach, a guy who doesn't usually call people out like that. It's been put on notice. This is a guy entering a contract season who said at the end of July, this is the most important year of my life. He's referring to the obvious fact that he can either earn that long-term contract and stay in Chicago beyond 2023, or he can be sitting there March, maybe even in April or May, fishing for that one-year deal and trying to latch on with some team. Chase Claypool's got everything on the line this year, and you you certainly didn't see that kind of performance in the opener. Missing blocks. Two targets, no receptions. This is a guy with 14 catches in eight games with the Bears. They gave up pick 32 for him. The Getting him involved in the offense, that's a collective thing. That's Justin Fields. That's Luke Getze. But the fact that this guy wasn't willing to go block in the perimeter and be the kind of player that they needed him to be out there, that's not Chase Claypool and his effort. That's not the heart of the want-to that he has. He's been called out by... They are every fan in Chicago, but certainly more importantly by the people inside Howell's Hall. They want to see Chase Claypool bounce back. I'm curious to see what we what we watch of him on Sunday. I, the Bears losing this one. I, I don't see this as a great matchup for them. The Buccaneers look like an upstart team. I think Todd Bowles against Justin Fields and Luke Getze is going to be a really tough matchup. After all I said about the idea of bouncing back, I don't know if I necessarily believe that they're going to do it. Prove me wrong, Bears. Let's see what you can do. It's a big opportunity for this team. They've spoken of their desire to bounce back. Go get it done. Go prove a lot of doubters, myself included, in Chicago wrong. Go win that game on Sunday in Tampa. That'll do it for this episode of The Daily Score. It's been fun filling in. My buddy Mark Brody's coming back. He'll take the reins once again. We got a lot to cover next week as the Bears, we'll see what they do. We'll see where the Cubs stand after a three-game set in Arizona. Exciting times. I love September sports. We got baseball and football colliding. This has been the Daily Score. I'm Chris Emma.